My family and I are off at the beach together. My wife's family gets together for a week-long vacation every summer, and we're going to be at the beach today. Uh, but I want to share a couple of things with you. Uh, the first thing I want to share with you is uh, something just to remember on this Sunday. It was exactly one year ago, and I know time flies, but it was one year ago on this very week that the Supreme Court made the decision to try to redefine the, uh, the, the purpose of marriage and what marriage is all about. And I bring that forward today because um, we, we're not going to hear a sermon on it, but I think it's important to realize that uh, marriage is still under attack. And one year later, we're still uh, struggling to have uh, the political forces that be really recognize and not try to change the substance of what marriage is all about. So I encourage you this morning, remember to pray for our nation, remember to pray for our leaders, and pray that the Lord's will would be done in this country of ours. Um, the other thing I wanted to share with you was, uh, as is often the case when I'm out of town, uh, you're going to have a guest preacher today. Now the guest preacher for today is actually one of our own. I've asked Oscar Smith to be our guest preacher for the day. Now Oscar is that worship leader that's up on the platform always jumping around, all that energy and everything. And he's probably going to be a little different this morning as he opens God's word for us, as he teaches and he preaches. But I've asked Oscar to bring a unique message around the, the subject of worship. And so Oscar's going to preach about something that is very near and dear to his heart. And I think it also gives us a chance to hear from the guy who is leading a whole crew of worshipers to lead us to hear from his heart about what worship is. How do you do worship? What does it mean to be a lifestyle worshiper? And so I'm looking forward to the message that Oscar's going to bring this morning. Hey, Oscar, I'm yep. fully expecting you to be having all that same energy, jumping around and all that stuff, okay? So bring it. All right. Well... Harvest Point, I want to ask you, would you welcome very warmly our worship leader and our guest preacher for the morning, Oscar Smith. Thank you. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, as you can see, Stephen's not here, so it's just me. So um, every once in a while when I get up here, I just go, hey guys, uh, so if you can't understand a word I'm saying because I'm kind of nervous and everything. But that's not me. Um, I'm very crazy. Uh, so basically... Um, my name is Oscar Smith, and I'm a fiddle player, too. Um, oh, sorry, 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 wrong crowd, wrong crowd, wrong crowd, wrong crowd. You see, um, I'm the, I am that goofy-looking guy that's always jumping around and acting like Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins, you know, when he ha has the bass drum and everything. So that's me, but I'm happily married to Becca. She's my best friend for 10 years, going on 10 years, almost 11 years. Um, and we have three beautiful children, Maddie, who's uh, nine, and twin boys that are Caleb and Carson, who, who are six. So uh, my wife, she has four children. Um, <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, and so our lives are crazy right now. Um, and I guess it's always been that way uh, from the start. And I have plenty, plenty of stories to tell about the, the small to the large things that have been going on in our lives. So... Right now, it's the middle of summer, right? Y'all got your summertime, not blues, but your summertime schedule going on. You're waking up at, uh, you know, who knows, 12 in that clock, whatever. Anyways, uh, I took my family out to, uh, this, this past week to Stone Mountain to see, see if I can say it right, the great laser show with Mountain Vision. Vision should be vision, 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 vision. Anyways, yeah, it had been a long time 
since, since I'd been there, so it brought back lots of memories of buckets of KFC, um, ice cold Coke, uh, popcorn everywhere galore, oh, and uh, the, of course the glow bracelets and necklaces that are everywhere in that place. So I felt like a teenager again, which was only like two years ago. Yeah, yeah, somebody laughed. Um, yeah, so, but if you haven't been there, it's not as cheap as it used to be. Um, and I realized that when we got there, so I was like, okay, cool, but we can still make a family event about this because it's, it was well worth it. You see, I got to spend time and make time, and, find, and I didn't have to find that time to spend with my family. See, we were laying out on the lawn. It was watch, we were just laying there watching it get darker. The kids were rolling down the hill until as far as we couldn't see, and then we have to chase after them to go bring them right back so they could do it again. Um, flattening out pennies on the train. Anybody ever done that before? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the kids really thought that was really cool. Um, and then, of course, just dancing like nobody, like you don't care when the music comes on. And by the way, when I dance up here, it's because God doesn't care. He does care. Because he loves my energy when I'm up here. So I was looking at my kids as the light laser show started up. And just looking at their faces, paying more attention to them than I was the laser show because half of it was stuff that I'd seen before and the other half was Star Wars, really cool stuff. Um, just looking at the, the look of awe on their faces was priceless. You see, we were slowing down what little time we had just to be with each other. You see, uh, amazing moments like this happen in this crazy thing we call life. Let us pray. O oh, gracious and holy God, give us diligence to seek you, wisdom to perceive you, and patience to wait for you, Lord. Grant us a mind to meditate on you, eyes to behold you, and ears to listen for your word, a heart to love you, and a life to proclaim you, Lord. It's through your power of your spirit of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So please get out your Bibles if you have one, or your smartphones, or your tablet, or your Google Glass, or your Fitbit, whatever you brought with you this morning to read along with me in God's Word. So uh, we'll be reading from the book uh, John chapter 4. Okay. Not long ago, I heard someone say, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Y'all remember that? It wasn't very long ago. You see, do you also remember what Pastor Stephen said last week? He was asking, do you know the meaning of life? Do you know who put you here on this planet? And do you know your purpose? See, your purpose or your main thing is to have a relationship with God and to worship him. But that's that key word, worship. And, but but what, what really is worship? Well, here's the definition for you I have. Worship is a response of respect at the revelation of God. And it acknowledges God's worship, worthiness. I have some synonyms for that, for, for worship as well. Adoration, love, and reverence. But... I'm not going to tell you how to worship. 
It's not my job. See, when we talk about worship, we usually think of of the time between the opening prayer and the offering. As soon as the pastor starts talking talking to you and you know the worship time is almost over, or you can, or if you are counter any counters out there, count songs. Yeah, yeah. If you you know, we usually do about three or five songs, and then we're pretty much done, right? Uh, or you may feel that the songs are getting slower, and that you know that oh, we're almost done. We're going to get to the preacher now. And then some of us think that it's just music time. You see, the worship time is often what is cited when differentiating between denominations. You see, you have charismatic denominations. You have the traditional holy rollers. And this is where the preaching starts. But let me say this first. Worship is not an event. Let me say that one more time. Worship is not an event. It is who God created us to be. God isn't looking for a performance, but for true worship in a response to his love. In today's passage from John 4, we'll be going through 1 through 26. See, Jesus is walking from Judea to Galilee, passing through Samaria. And anybody doesn't know the location of that, and some people think when he's walking from Judea to Galilee, he's going down, but he's actually heading straight up. So, but he has to pass through this area called Samaria where the Samaritans live. Anybody doesn't know anything about Samaritans, they're bad. They're evil. They're dirt. They're no good Samaritans, right? Okay. See, at this time in in history, Samaritans and Jews were at odds with with one another. They had different worship styles, and they had different guidelines, and they did not interact, especially if there was a especially if they were a rabbi and a Samaritan woman. In verse 5, Jesus sits by the well and encounters a Samaritan woman who has to come to draw water from the well. Let us read. As Jesus begins talking to her about water, soon he instructs her in verses 13 and 14. As we read, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. See, Jesus is saying that we humans all have a thirst that this earth we live in cannot satisfy. You may think, if I do this, or I marry that person, or I accomplish this goal, or, you know, I acquire this thing, or this thing, or any kind of thing, then I will be truly happy, right? A lot of us feel that way, but that's not simply, it simply is not true. See, we, we all have a spiritual longing for God, and He is the only one who can give us that satisfaction and that peace and that joy that we crave. From that moment, Jesus steers that conversation to reveal that this woman is broken. She's broken inside and living in sin. And she recognizes that when he says these things about her, that this person, this Jesus, he's he's special. And so she calls him a prophet. 
But then she points at the different ways that the worship practices of the Jews and the Samaritans. So what do you think his reply was? Let's read right here. 21. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Let a time is, yet a time is coming as now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Jesus says that we, we can worship a, a living, our living God anywhere, under any condition. See, true worshipers only need spirit and truth. Not Jerusalem, not a special mountain, not a stone mountain, or a live band with some crazy guy jumping around up here. So how important is the worship to God? He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He's after you and not your worship songs. He wants you to be the worship. He wants you to be the song. See, there's many church signs and welcoming statements that say, come and worship with us. And services that are often titled, the morning worship service. Most of the time, the people are gathered to hear the word instead. The structure of the service is not the problem. It's the mindset that exists among Christians. See, most Christians think of worship as an event that happens at a place at a specific time and lasts for a certain amount of time so that we can get out to lunch, right? No. See, worship is not an event. It's a lifestyle. It starts by you loving Jesus purely and wholeheartedly in a response to his love for you. See, I'm a worshiper and a worship leader because I believe worship is an expression of honesty between our hearts and God's. It's an exchange of pure love. See, we receive and experience his love for us and cannot help but give it back to him. I love the story of Mar Mary and Martha. Anybody know that story? About when Jesus comes and visits with, with Martha and Mary because it's a perfect story that captured God's pure love. See, Martha wor worked so hard to get every little detail right for Jesus. She was cleaning, making sure her house was immaculate, was perfect for the coming of Jesus into her home. You see, I think that whether she realized it or not, she was just trying to impress him and earn his love. She thought he cared about how perfect and clean and comfortable his visit to her home would be. She didn't realize that his love was so pure that the only thing he wanted was to spend time with her and, his, and her sister. Because Martha thought his love was, was impure. Her response 
of love back to him was impure. See, her love and her acceptance of Jesus into her house was all about performance. Mary, on the other hand, understood his deep and pure love for her. Her loving response of sitting at the feet of Jesus and spending time with him came from her heart. And that, that had grasped his pure love for her. See, I do wonder sometimes, though, if we view our worship the way Martha viewed her housework. Do we ever worship God like we're trying to impress him? See, it's easy to fall into a trap of thinking that our worship has to be just right before God will meet with us. But when we worship this way, it, it becomes an, a formula. It can lead us to idolize our songs, to focus too much on what we're singing and how things are sound, all without a real heart or connection. See, don't get me wrong. I love worship songs. I definitely have my favorites. But I want to make sure that I really mean the things I sing and that my worship is just not a formulaic effort to win his love. Back in John 4, 23, Jesus said, the hour is coming. And now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking us such to worship him. This verse tells me that God wants our love and he wants our worship. And he wants it to be towards him. It all to be towards him and be pure. I don't, I don't really know about you, but when I'm striving to and stressing to impress someone and making them love me, well, that's not real love. It's just a performance. It's not exactly what I would call pure. See, the Lord wants our honesty and our truth. He wants our hearts and our spirits to be completely connected to what our mouths are saying to him and what we are seeing to him. He wants our pure worship, our pure worship. And the only way for our worship to truly be pure is for us to receive his pure love for all of us. We must realize that no matter what, he loves us. He truly does. He does not love us because we can give anything to him or do him any service. No. He loves us without any type of motive. He simply loves us for us and wants us to know him and experience that love. By the way, we can't earn his love because he's already given it to us. That's exact, that's absolutely incredible. Extremely incredible to me. And it makes me want to worship him more and give him all of my love. See, when we focus on how good he is and how everything he has done for us, then we can, just like Mary, focus on spending time with him rather than just doing things for him. We can hear him, we can listen to him, and we can experience his affection for all of us. Only then 
can we respond in worship to the Lord and exalt who he is over every other name and every other circumstance, giving him our pure love as we receive his. So what is worship? It's the outpouring of our lives, led by that spirit, rooted in God's truth, devoting all we are and all we do to him, our creator. It's ascribing worthiness to the one who alone is worthy. Amen, church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we gather here today as your people to offer our sacrifice of prayer and worship. We have fed on your word, Lord, been refreshed through your living water, felt the encircling of your spirit around this fellowship and around our individual lives. We take up this offering to you, Lord, this morning. And as only you can exalt it for the good of your kingdom, may we remember in our daily lives that the staining love you have and will always have for us, Lord. And as we go from this place, may we continue to know your presence and power in the very different lives that we lead. For it is for you and your praise and to you your glory. Amen. Amen.